You're listening to Girls Gone Wad. This is Joy. Claire is taking care of her new baby. Welcome to the world, Miles James Cook. He's beautiful. I went to see him uh, the day after she gave birth. He's a beautiful, beautiful baby boy. Thank you guys so much for all the love and support on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Claire really, really appreciates it. She's doing well. She's a rock star. Such a rock star, that woman. I tell you what. You're listening to episode 121. This episode is sponsored by Kalo, the makers of the silicone wedding ring. They have the new outdoors collection. You guys have been amazing in supporting our podcast thus far by supporting our sponsor. They have awesome new colors. We're so excited to show you guys. We just got our shipment. So it's an awesome cerulean blue. That's for Claire. And a awesome lilac color. So you guys check it out. Kalo.com. Q-A-L-O.com. Enter discount code G-G-W at checkout. That will let them know that we sent you and continue growing the Girls Gone Wad tribe. So this week we interviewed Jenny Labaugh. She just completed the 500 miles for epilepsy awareness. She's a two-time games athlete and just an amazing person to talk to. Very inspiring. So I ended up doing this interview alone because Claire Bear went into labor (laughs) that morning. She texted me. She's like, "Uh, you're on your own. So I hope you guys don't mind. It's just me this week interviewing Jenny. She's an incredible person. So you guys will be highly entertained without Claire here. It feels really odd to be at this desk recording without her. And uh, I can't wait to have her back. So thank Thank you again for all the love and support. We have an amazing community. And if you like what you hear here, hear, hear, please spread the word, share with a friend, tell people at your gym, tell your BFFs at lunch, because that's kind of what we do is we just chat like we're your BFFs. Or maybe you are our BFFs. So just tell us if you like us. Any feedback that you guys have is so appreciated. You can email us. You can send us messages on Facebook or Twitter. We're all at Girls Gone Wad Podcast. On Facebook, we're at Girls Gone Wad Podcast. Twitter at Girls Gone Wad. And Instagram, Girls Gone Wad Podcast. And please leave a review on iTunes. We are climbing those charts because you guys have subscribed. Thank you for your reviews. All right, let's Let's get on to the interview with Jenny LeBaugh. How are you feeling first and foremost? <laughs> you know, I physically surprisingly feel really, really good. Yeah. I, my knees are a little sore, but nothing crazy. And I've lost some toenails and I luckily recovered pretty quickly. So I finished the run five days ago and uh, I've gone to the gym already and just did oh yoga. Oh my gosh. Run and yeah. I saw that photo on Instagram of the, r- the run where it was kind of like, this is what it looks like. And then your feet yeah. were just completely torn up. Pretty oh, gross. Pretty gross. <laughs> That's amazing. So when when you started this, first of all, let's do a quick background of how this all came to be and how you decided to start the 500 miles for epilepsy. Let's see, to start way back when, I was diagnosed with epilepsy when I was eight and struggled until I was about 14 to find a medication that would work to control it. And when I was 14, I finally landed on a great medication that I was on until I was 31. And then for other reasons, I ended up changing. So long story short, I didn't talk about my epilepsy for a long time until I was until 2012 was the first time I actually opened up to anybody besides my my family and, and dear friends so there's just the stigma behind it that is hard to get around you're you're just you think that you're going to be thought of as weird and that there's something wrong with you and so you don't talk about it and in 2012, right before I went to the NorCal Regionals, Marcus, my boyfriend and my my rock, is a videographer, and he yeah I saw that video. Yeah, is it living with epilepsy? Yeah, 
Yeah, and he he said, you know, he's like, this is time. He said, you have a little bit of a platform. You can start to get awareness out about epilepsy. And I was extremely hesitant. And he ended up, we ended up doing it. We agreed. And and I think I released it literally the day that I was driving down to to San Jose to the Northern California Regional. Yeah. And my my Facebook and my email and my Twitter and everything just blew up with all these amazing responses of people who were thanking me and who who had epilepsy or their mom did or their sister did or or whatever. And uh, I knew then that I had to keep on this route somehow, some way. Um, and then life got crazy again. And yeah. and I got back to my own training. And um, I hate to say this, but to be a competitive athlete, you have to be pretty selfish with your time. And sure. I, um, this is probably way more than you want to know. Sorry. I'm just kind of going off on a tangent, but no, we like tangents. Okay. okay good. Cause I'm good at them. I'm good we at them. love tangents. We are the tangent Queens and we often go off on tangents about mean girls, like the, the movie, anything that relates to like CrossFit tangent. We are just all about tangents. So you go girl. Perfect. Yeah. So I, I got back to my regular life. I was training hard. I was coaching. I was trying to be a mother to my dogs and a girlfriend to my boyfriend. And, and it all kind of got put put aside. Um, and then I, I had a really bad injury to my neck. Um, I just, we don't know really what caused it, but I have a bulging C456 and it's affected my ability to compete at a high level in CrossFit. So I've had to swallow my pride. Um, in 2013, I broke my foot, so that that took me out of my season. Um, in 2014, I went to go compete in regionals, and my my neck flared up, and my arm was numb the entire time, and I didn't make it to the games. And so I finally had to have a sit down with myself and say, you know, there's there's a balance between health and craziness, and I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on the crazy side right now. And so I, I which knew- at your not to interrupt you, but which at your level, I bet you that's a really hard thing to delineate. It is. It really is, and it um. I don't know that I fully grasp it. Um, I think that this run helped way more to give me a little bit more affirmation that I was that I'm doing the right thing and going in the right direction now. But long, really, really long story short, my neck flared up, and I've been very lucky in my CrossFit career to develop a little a little small platform where I have the ability to raise awareness about certain things. And my choice and my passion, obviously, is epilepsy. So back it up to March of this last year, Marcus and I were watching. Marcus is my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We were watching the Terry Fox documentary on 30 for 30 called Into the Wind. Oh, I love 30 and, for 30. Oh, oh my God. So, I mean, I can just so cry. So great. Yes. I cry at every single one of them. Everyone is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So this one, as soon as it finished, and I will let you all go and watch it. But long story short, there was a, a man, a Canadian man in the 80s that was diagnosed with uh, osteosarcoma and he had to have a leg amputated. And his mission, rather than hiding and, and having self-pity, he decided he was going to run across Canada for cancer research. And so as soon as the documentary was over, I looked at Marcus and we both just kind of had that that you're like hey yeah (laughs) Yeah. you see the light bulbs go at the same time you're like ding there's like fireworks coming out of our ears yeah like this is it this is it yeah so so again life got going and for a couple months um I had some big shifts in my life which at the time were really scary but turned out to be the best thing that could have ever happened to me and we were driving back to Colorado which is where I'm from to see my family and we were driving over the and we're in Denver by the way so shout out to Colorado (laughs) yeah yeah home state (laughs) rifle little town of rifle 
That's love it. Yeah. Yeah, we're you guys as Colorado people know where the Animus Canyon is down by Silverton. We were driving uh, over that, and I looked at Marcus. This was in June, late June, so late June, early July of this summer. And I, I looked at him, and I just had tears pouring down my face. And I said, "It's time. I'm going to run across Colorado for epilepsy." And he, like most people, look at you like you're crazy. He was like, "Okay." <laughs> So super supportive. He's obviously the person that, that gives me the strength. So yeah, we spent a couple of weeks with my family. I went home and I started training. I don't, I don't, we can talk about the training. I didn't, training is hard for 500 miles. I don't sure. know, what I'm, but I have a really good coach to help me. So started training and then I organized, like that was a big thing. My life rather than, other than just working. I mean, I worked my full-time coaching job and then I spent hours upon hours on a computer contacting people and talking to potential sponsors and getting the route lined up and getting lodging lined up and trying to, um, as much as I can let go of the reins, trying to help let people help me delegate delegate to to get the job done and two and a half months later we took off from the new mexico border so there you go there's my that's that is pretty incredible and so did you have like a timeline of i remember when you i think you had already started when you did julie's podcast um were you like a few days into it or had you started yet no, I hadn't started yet. Okay. I started on I started on September nineteenth. 19th. 19th, I remember that. And then did so? Did you have like a timeline of like, okay, we're doing this for thirty days? Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'm I am not an endurance athlete. I know that's hard to believe after running five hundred miles, but it's it's not a it's not like I've ever done anything like that. I ran one marathon in my life, and I qualified for Boston, and I swore I'd never do another marathon again because it was so hard. Yeah, <laughs> I just did one last weekend, yeah. and I'm swearing I'm never doing it again. Right? <laughs> Nope. So great nope. during it. Like the run, the run, the race itself is great, but yeah. it's hard. So, oh, so yeah. now I've been, I just got done running a marathon almost every single day, which is crazy to even right. say. But yeah, I didn't have, I planned the whole thing. So I didn't really know. I knew I wasn't trying to race it. My goal was not trying to break my body down. My goal was to complete it and to along the way inspire some people and talk to as many people as I could and do some PR events so I had some awesome collaboration with CrossFit gyms along my route that either let me do a big PR event there or they let me go and talk to their their members or they just decided they wanted to leave from their gym that morning and we all ran out as a group so the CrossFit community does an amazing job to to come together for a great cause and I saw on one of your I think it was a Huffington Post article that was done about you that there were so many people that came out of the woodwork strangers that would support you someone pulled off on the side of the road and ran did she like walk with you or something yeah so this was crazy I wrote a blog I think it's like my I think it was my third day it's called Climbing Ivy and you have a blog at Gen- or Laba Life, right? Labalife.com, yeah. And there's there's the link to donate, but there's that's where I'm blogging. So you can go back and read every I blogged. I'm still trying to finish it up, but I I've, I've blogged for every single day and the lessons learned and the trials and tribulations and the beautiful scenery. And I tried to make it as fun as I could. But yeah, yeah it's great. Them, thank you. One of them was about this woman named Climbing Ivy. I was actually going up Mollus Pass, or maybe it was Colbank Pass right before Mollus, which is where I kind of decided I was going to do the run. And I, I found out early in the run that it's way faster and more efficient to walk up the passes than it is to run. So I was just trucking along, doing my little speed walking walk with my hips swinging. And this woman, crazy, comes driving towards me, you know, oncoming traffic. And she leans out the window and honking and screaming. And all of a sudden she turns, I 
in a good way, not in a bad way. Yeah. She turns around and finds a little roundabout and comes running down towards me. And she said, this is awesome. She's like, I'm an endurance athlete or a, an ultra, ultra runner. And she said, I loved, uh, what are you doing? What's your story? And she had no idea. Like she just was ex- excited about that someone was climbing up a pass, you know, and right. she, she was going to run that day, but she, well, she walked with me and then finished her run later. And it was just, it was awesome. And I got to learn from her. I mean, she has nothing, no relation to epilepsy, but she has, I can't remember if it was type one or type two off the top of my head, but she has diabetes and she's overcome a big challenge. And she's, you know, that was, that was the big lesson on this. My goal was to go out and spread the word about epilepsy. And, and yes, that was still the main goal, but you learn how good people are. You learn how amazing people are at overcoming adversity and no matter what it is you know and that ended up being the big overall lesson is you can't do it alone you right. shouldn't do it alone and you have this amazing community wherever you're out you're at that's gonna gonna help you through it if you ask for help and you can you can do it together so moving mountains together today became kind of a, a theme for us Right. And let me back up on the moving mountains. That is the, it's hashtag move move mountains is the name of your project, your effort, your fundraising. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And people can donate at theballlife.com. Is there anywhere else? I mean, it's probably linked everywhere on your social media. You're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, all under your name. It's through CrowdRise. And to back up a little bit, it's not that it's just going, it's all going to the Epilepsy Foundation. Yeah. To pick what it goes for. And it's going for research and education to help find a cure. Epilepsy, there's one in 26 people have epilepsy is the statistic that we've gotten from the Epilepsy Foundation. And that's crazy. I mean, if you think about that, think how many people you know. And if you don't, if you don't know someone personally that has epilepsy, you actually do, you just don't know it. And that's the crazy thing about it. You know, you're people with epilepsy, not not everyone, I mean, it affects everybody differently, but you're you're kind of living life with this hidden uh, demon. I don't want to say demon, that's a horrible word. Uh, Just this hidden thing inside of you that you cannot control. And unless you're having a seizure no one knows that you have it right no one no one knows so it's just constantly inside of you when you don't know when the next one's going to hit so you you know someone and then I encourage you to talk about it even if you don't if you don't you know get on my website learn a couple things go on the epilepsy foundation website learn a couple things and I've been I've been shocked at the people that have reached out to me that say yeah I have epilepsy and I'm like I've known you my entire life and I didn't know it's crazy and you said that in your video to the living with epilepsy is just the stigma within of saying we're normal talk to us like a normal person but at the same time I know you mentioned earlier that it was hard for you in 2012 to release that video so what was it about releasing it that was difficult for you like I said there's just this stigma you know I mean way back way back when people used to be ostracized they were like put they thought that they were they were burned they thought that they were they were possessed by the devil I mean that's way back when but now people think when you think of epilepsy and I don't judge anybody with this because you don't know but if you think of epilepsy you think of someone falling to the ground shaking foaming at the mouth and that's that's what epilepsy is thought of which that that is very true that is one type but there are so many types of epilepsy that people live with and for me it was the fear and I I've had grand mal the kind where you you fall and shake and you foam with the mouth I've had that but you the fear of people thinking that you're different but not actually being able to physically see that difference is I can't explain it yeah so it's a terrifying thing and it's such a stupid a stupid fear because I once I told people it was so freeing and so it gave you it gave me a purpose to be like you know what there's all these people in the world that have this and they are so afraid as well and I now know how good it feels to talk about it and they can talk to me so why can't they talk to other people why can't we educate people and 
And for people, if you don't know anybody that has epilepsy, say you're in the store, you're in the grocery store and someone is on the middle of the aisle having a seizure, what do you do, right? That's a big part of it is education, not just about epilepsy, but how do you help somebody that needs your help right then because they, they're out of it, you know? And the thing you do is you turn them on their side and you make sure they're not going to hit anything. It's as simple as that. You don't put a stick in their mouth. You don't put, they're not going to swallow their tongue. It's physically impossible to swallow your tongue. And these are all um, myths that come with epilepsy. Right, know? right. And the thing that, you know, as you're saying this, someone who doesn't know as much about it is thinking, well, oh gosh, I wish I knew the people in my life who did so I could support them. I'm glad you're saying this because it seems to me like an obvious thing of saying, let me talk about it with people who are close to me so that I can get the support but I don't know what that's like for you to struggle on the inside. It's more of like the obvious for me to go, I want to support my friends that are going through this, but it's good for me to hear you say that because I don't know what it's like to feel all of that on the inside and what you're going through. Joy, do you know anybody that has epilepsy? I work with some patients. Yeah. Um, I'm a mental health therapist, so I do have some patients with epilepsy. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, have you, so you have you seen anybody ever have a seizure? I haven't, no. Most of the patients that I work with have it controlled under a lot of great medications. That's awesome. It's, like that's one thing too that's been really cool about my run is communicating with people that don't have epilepsy but is it have experienced watching somebody or even my mom you know like talking to my mom she's been scared her whole life or my whole life and I didn't know I never knew until until this run she's like yeah I, I've always told you that you can do anything you want she said but I was so scared for you to get your driver's license I was so scared for you to go to college and be by yourself and it's just it's something that that's a whole other avenue of support you know that I'm finding that the people that, that have experienced someone having a seizure it's traumatizing you're you're seeing somebody lose complete control and you don't know how to help them or you don't if you're a parent or a or a loved one of somebody with epilepsy you're scared for their safety and it's like for me if I have a seizure I when I've had I had I've had one tonic clonic the the grand mall where you fall and shake I don't remember a moment of that and that's there's a really cool I wish I had the name of it I can send you the link but there's a really cool TED Med or TED Talk about this of a woman and a man husband and wife going back and forth of their perspective of a seizure when because the woman has seizures and it's it's amazing it's really cool to see how scared and terrified he is and how lost and confused she is because she doesn't remember anything and he's there experiencing it so it's just a different perspective on on the disorder oh yeah you'll have to send us that link i'd love to share that yeah i will will. so you've been an athlete more or less your entire life correct i know you have a a lot of background and you started with track or running i guess when i think of athletics i don't just think of of that i guess when i was three years old my mom and dad oh yeah you went on a long hike i read that yeah (laughs) on a long hike i was led up the trail by reese's pieces i mean who would i love that right (laughs) (laughs) it's like et right exactly it's totally like et so yeah i mean i think that as a child my my activity was playing right which i think all of ours should be i was out climbing rocks and hiking up mountains and playing wiffle ball in the backyard and train jumping on the trampoline so always active and then when i got into organized sports i started with soccer and softball were kind of my main ones i played basketball i played volleyball i ran track i kind of did it all as, as a girl in a small town and um, ended up staying with soccer and track in college and then after that i got into running and i after college i after the competition was gone i was like well, what am i gonna do now yeah 
which yeah which everyone I think it's really common right right and that was something for you is you constantly were fed by that competition I read somewhere that you were trying something that wasn't like the level of competition was it running marathons yeah so I got into that's what after college you know I mean I played in I played like adult league soccer and stuff like that but um yeah I, I started running 5ks and 10ks and then some halves and then I did that one marathon and I've always I've been a personal trainer forever so that's what I went to school for fitness and wellness so I always was also in the gym but just something something was still missing and then I luckily fell into CrossFit so that fulfilled that competition need and then when my net got hurt and honestly I think it was probably a really good transition but something hard and maybe some of some of the listeners out there can relate to this if once you've been a competitive athlete I've, I've lost a lot of that competitive drive which I never thought would happen and it's been really hard to accept that but that's where I think that move mountains has been awesome because it gives me a purpose of staying fit and active but for a way bigger and better cause than the selfish motive of competing for myself you know yeah how has that shifted for you because that's a huge I mean you're competing at the professional level with CrossFit and and so now what is that like for you to have that shift in perspective I think it's a beautiful thing I think it's probably a really cool thing to explore about yourself of how else you know what else is out there but because you can speak so personally about that professional level and shifting it now to something else what has that been like for you it's been awesome you know and that's I mean I've been kind of lost a little bit since kind of making the decision that for the safety of my neck I'm not going to be able to compete at the games anymore that's that cannot be a vision if I'm going to be able to turn my head when I'm 70 years old so I struggled with it a lot and during my run it literally came came to peace with like it's okay like this is that is that's why that's why I was successful in CrossFit and was competitive is so that I have the ability to reach more people than I ever would have before for good causes whether it's epilepsy or I go a different route you know just encouraging people to be active who knows what it is but it's been really rewarding to get away from the selfishness does that make sense it makes total sense and I also think you know CrossFit has really blown up in the past what five years you would say Mm -hmm. and so you were kind of in the area where it was really really I don't want to say pure but I feel like it's a little more sensationalized and there's a lot of media stuff that goes on around it where I think it's still intense and there's still the CrossFit aspect but I wonder too if that you know you were okay with letting that go absolutely sorry to interrupt you but no yeah that's something that um and I I mean I wasn't even I never made it I didn't know what CrossFit was until after 2010 which was the first year they were at the the Home Depot Center now the StubHub Center um so I never was I've never been to Aromas I never that was there in the raw raw form of right which I wish I would have been I know isn't that I always hear about I'm like oh it'd be so cool to be on the farmland and just you know know. rolling around in the dirt I know right your stories are like drinking beers in between sets (laughs) yeah it's great little it's grown just a little bit I would just say. a little I have some really dear friends that are still competing and I I see the pressure that's there and I felt the pressure you know I mean I'm still luckily sponsored by by Reebok and Pure Pharma which I'm so so fortunate and so lucky to be able to still hang on to those relationships but um I see the pressure that these athletes now have from an outside outside uh what's the word I'm looking for this like an outside perspective yeah. yeah right that to me takes the fun out of it and I've talked to some other athletes that are kind of in the same boat as I am where they competed in the years that I did and we see this shift and kind of where the athlete I mean I talk about being selfish like you have to to be able to do that but the 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 amount of and I don't mean this in a negative way at all like mm-hmm. I it, the amount of selfishness that has to happen to be able to succeed now 
is astounding to me. Astounding. It really is. We talked to someone recently, I think it was Sarah Pierce, who Mm -hmm. is on the Grid League. And she was like, yeah, I just, I can't do that. I can't do that level of commitment. um, Or do I want to? And she says that she sees, you know, from her friends that are competing at the individual level, kind of what you're saying is this just she's like, I, I don't want to do that. It, there's so much you have to put in to where you have to be 100% committed to yourself and to this training. Right. I commend those people, you know, to be able to to do that and sacrifice. I'm not saying that when I was competing, I wasn't sacrificing because you absolutely were, you know, you're training for five to six hours a day on top of working full time. But that's the thing now is the these athletes, they don't have full-time jobs now either you know right. I mean, it literally is like this is your job and you have to be good at it or you're going to lose your your ability to do it because right. this, now you're you're getting paid to do this so I'm very 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 glad that I came into CrossFit when I did so I got to experience a little bit of that that hype of this just under the lights at the arena and and the gifts that you got from the sponsors and I mean you really felt like a like a queen but yeah uh, I don't, I don't know that I could or would want to, to do that. And I'm older, you know, I'm 30, 33. So I'm not one of the, the young kids. They're getting so strong too, Joy. I know. Dang it. I'm, you know, uh, Jenny, I'm 38 and I started CrossFit probably when I was 30, 31. And that was kind of back in the the glory days where I was like, oh, I could probably get to like regionals one day. And then (laughs) it just like quickly (laughs) went to shit. And now I'm like, well, maybe the masters, maybe I have a future. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Uh, stick to the local competition. Yeah, totally. Yes, that's where. Yeah, if I need to. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I see the numbers the girls are putting up, and even working for Pure Pharma. I'm the athlete manager for, for Pure Pharma. Sure. So looking for for athletes and I ask these young kids for their stats and I'm going man I could never lift that that's crazy it's crazy you're 16 years old and you're clean and jerking like 235 245 it's crazy but little young pups yeah it's but it's it's cool to see the sport evolve like that as well you know so I think I think there's I'm kind of again going off a tangent which you guys like but there's there's pluses and minuses to to both sides of that and I'm really fortunate that I was in it when I was and that I think that I'm a little bit older so maybe have a little bit more wisdom behind me with being okay with the shift in my life absolutely now I want to switch gears and talk a little more let's go back to your run and take me through the start of this journey for you and I can't help but think that CrossFit has helped you physically, mentally, emotionally to prepare for this journey. Going into it, you know, what did you expect and kind of halfway through, what did you expect and the end, what what did you expect? How did that Um, change? Oh my gosh, I we could be on here for five hours. I that's okay. We have time. No, I'm kidding. So I didn't know what to expect. I'd never done anything like this. I I worked with Brian McKenzie with Unscared Incorporated. He's the one that programmed for me for a couple months before doing this, which was awesome. He did a great job. I love that he he started CrossFit Endurance. So he's got yeah. What was it like working with him? That's so cool. It was great. It was great. You know, he he's just such a a good a good soul, and he just genuinely cared about what my mission was. At first, he was like, "Okay, we need to get you to run a 50 miler and a 50k," and I was like, "Dude, back the train up." I'm like. My goal is not to race this thing. I'm like, that sounds horrific. I do not want to do that. I I want to do this for, a, if I, I don't care about how long it takes me, I want to be able to, to finish it and I don't want to be broken going into it. And he really listened and he, he said, all right, he's like, well, here's what we're going to do. And I think the longest run I ever did was, oh, I know it was 15 and a half miles okay. and it was broken up. So my training going into it was very 
interval type, which is CrossFit, you know, and I was still doing like unilateral and explosive stuff every, every week as well to be able to keep, keep that, that in my, in my bones. But he did a phenomenal job programming and I felt, I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to feel going into a 500 mile run, right? I felt good. So first day was a 25 mile run. And I was like, well, here we go. And I had a group of, excuse me, I had a group of, of people with me that first day, which was awesome. The sun was shining. It was beautiful. We were like laughing the whole time that we were going to get hit by cars because they were coming at us so fast. I mean, there was just things that I learned along the way. I've on that first day of, wow, I didn't expect to smell roadkill like this. This is disgusting. Oh. And it's like, like gross. I didn't expect to have cars whizzing by me and trying to drive me off the road. Like, people seriously have some anger issues oh my gosh i saw your one yeah your one of your more recent blog posts about how someone was you like almost had to jump off the road or you did jump off the road (laughs) i've over a guardrail a couple times but i mean you just have to you know you you come into it and you're like well that person really is unhappy that's really really bad for them that they're so unhappy i've got flipped off i'm like if you guys only knew what i was doing so i think that there were surprises that way as far as expectations with that my body felt it was never an issue with lungs I, i think i actually really easily from being born and raised in the mountains you know so lungs and heart cardiovascular was never an issue my feet were the issue so that was something that I was told and I read about that hey for ultra distant running like you got it your feet are going to make you or break you and so I always kept going so they didn't break me but that was a huge 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 struggle the blister I posted a picture it's disgusting and they're even worse looking now because I've lost toenails but to, to fight through that physical pain you have to mentally take yourself to a pretty courageous place I guess you just gotta you have to find find anything I mean some days I would focus on the scenery some days I would play around with games in my head like I'd look at my my GPS watch and I'd say I'm not going to look at it until I've, I think I've gone a half a mile and I'd look and some days I was at like 0.03 <laughs> like, oh. Oh, oh man and some days it would be two miles two miles in so there's just different different games that you play with yourself but that's all kind of the physical part of it the mental part was and spiritual and emotional the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life it wasn't that I I mean I thought most of the time my brain was going to be focused on these amazing children that I'm running for and the cause and I was going to be thinking about my experience as a child and Yes, that was all there. But a lot of the time there was just this, oh my God, this hurts. That This hurts so bad. Just keep moving. This hurts so bad. But there's always a pillow at the end of your day. Just keep moving. And so there was a lot of surprise that way. In the middle of it, I got a, I, I was in kind of my, my hometown area, Carbondale, Glenwood Springs Rifle. And so that was right at the halfway point. I got a huge burst of energy because I saw all of my friends and family and I had all these parties and these just celebrations at the hospital and at CrossFit gyms and at my hometown park and out of the high school they were just people were so amazing so that week was so so needed and so well timed and I didn't know that was going to happen you know? oh yeah that's per- that's perfect timing too it's a nice shot in the arm halfway through and you're like I can do this yeah right. Right, right. Um, and then after Rifle, my hometown, I kind of went off for, for six days in, in the boonies without any connection to anybody, no internet, no phone. So I couldn't receive all of those amazing messages that were sent via text and via Facebook saying, you're doing great. We love you. Keep going. And I realized then how important those were, how important just knowing that there's people behind you mm-hmm. when you when you're feeling so alone because that was a, that was I mean I had 
Marcus and Tori Zellick, who was my massage therapist and dear friend, and her her dad Vaughn. Um, and then my dad was kind of with us. My mom was in and out with us. Marcus's parents were with us. So there was a lot of family there. But there was a lot of times where you just felt so alone, you know, which is crazy. I didn't expect that either. I'm like, I'm going to be and driven crazy with all these people around. But it was <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Did you do this? Sounds like a stupid question, but it was it where you would start one day and everyone would kind of meet you at the end, or would they follow you to make sure you were safe? My that my support crew yeah yeah so we didn't know that was something we learned also we didn't know what to we none of us had done this so the first day they kind of would speed ahead and we'd just run you're running on the left side of the road so that you're running into traffic and the first day i've stayed on kind of major roads and highways a lot of the time because the goal is to get people to to see you right so there was a lot of there was a lot of learning as far as where the right place for their car to, to be to protect me but also not cause people to to have to be in danger on the road traffic you know so some days depending on the train they would be right behind me some days they would be a mile ahead of me and I'd catch them and they'd go again so they never left me I was never left in the in the dust where they would just meet me at the end because there were there were a few days where I had to stop I had I mean at 10 and a half miles in 12 miles in I'm like I gotta sit for a minute guys my knees hurt I'm tired I have to refuel and then we'd go again so there was never one set set way and I wish they were here right now to tell you because honestly that's one other thing I don't know what they did a lot of the time you know because we were <laughs> they were in the vehicles and I was running with my with my music on and we didn't they had a whole I think they had a completely different experience than I did and I'm really excited to have them write blogs and, and yeah. tell me about it and get get their story out with it so then at the end of every day what was your recovery like well I first would eat I'm gluten-free food-wise I can't have gluten at all I, I'm a disaster so um, I have this amazing company called true nature kitchen which are local here in Carbondale a good friend of my mom and they provided food so um, which was great I had I had a, a gluten-free muffin because I needed quick, quick sugar in me right away. So I got a gluten-free muffin and this thing they called Rehydrate, which is coconut meat. It's an amazing, amazing drink, which they finally got into Whole Foods yesterday. But Ooh, so we can buy this in our local Whole Foods? Not yet. Oh, dang it. It's just here in in the Algebel one. Okay. I think, and I'm going to have a meeting with them this week, they're hopefully going to get it online for, for sale. I'm not kidding. It's so good. Rather than coconut water, it's raw, young coconut meat, and then they use lemon in it, so it has the, the detoxification. It's just really it's really good. I don't need to, to go off on a Oh, no. We love it's, products like that, so okay, really, we love trying it out. It's really good. So it's called Rehydrate. Yeah, so I would have a Rehydrate. I would have a muffin. I would chill for a second, and then Tori, my dear friend, uh, who's a massage therapist, would would work on my legs and and get all the grime out of them, you know, and get yeah. them so they were functioning. So without her, I would have I couldn't have done it. Marcus and I originally thought we're just going to get in the Tacoma. I have a truck. We're just going to get in the Tacoma with the dogs, and we're going to do this. It would have been a disaster. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to sleep on the ground every night. We'll just eat <laughs> some nuts. Yeah, yes. So that was it. And then depending on if we had a hotel donated, we'd <clears throat> hang out there, or we camped a lot. So we'd set the campfire up and kick our feet up and have a little bit of food. And And you rented an awesome camper, right? I heard that on Julie's uh, podcast. In Golden, yeah. It's called a Bengal tiger. It made me feel fierce. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I I know, yeah, it was a... F-350, I think, that was converted into a little motorhome. It had a basically a cab over camper welded onto it. It's it's amazing, yeah. Do you have pictures of that on your Instagram? Because I'd love to see that. <laughs> I'm sure I do. If not, I can, I'll post You're going to have to, yeah. It was great. It was, it really was, it was awesome. Yeah, so that was, that was the recovery part of it. The big surprise you asked me earlier about, like, the, the beginning to the middle to the end. The end, I was, and Marcus posted a, a video a couple days ago of the, the last mile-ish. Oh, I saw it. I was a wreck. I was oh. an absolute 
absolute wreck. I was crying. I, I was crying when I watched it. I didn't want it to be over. I crossed that finish line. I had my parents there and held held their hands and we walked across the Wyoming border and I was a compl- I turned into a six-year-old. I was like hugging my mom and dad like I was a child and I it was the most amazing experience I think I've ever I've ever had. I just wanted to turn around and run back. I didn't want it to be over. Really? That's amazing. And I watched that video and I was just, I mean, it's so emotional and you can just completely, you see so much. For me, I'm watching this going, you see the 500 miles you just went through. You see all the emotion that you went through. You see the physical pain. You see the emotional draining that you must have went through going through all this. But man, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see that where you're crossing with all these people cheering you on and Marcus capturing that moment. Yeah, it was great. And we had the last few days, some CrossFit names, Andrea Ager, Becky Konzelman and one of their good friends, Shelly Rollison, they were they were all there and that was that was awesome. I had a good friend, the guy that started with me, a really good friend of Marcus's from growing up. His name's Matt Hamlin. He started the first three days with me and he finished the last day with me, which is, he came up from Phoenix. It's just people, people were great, you know, lots of friends and family. I think there were 26 people that started that last day and finished it with me, which was, which was great. So when you say it was a surprise at the end, was it the surprise that you were that emotional or was it a surprise that you didn't want it to end? But I didn't want it to end. I was pretty confident. The second weekend I looked at Marcus and my feet were so swollen and my toes I couldn't stand on him I looked at him like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish this and there was a point where the numbness just I don't know if your body just gets used to the pain I'm not sure I mean it, I definitely still felt my feet all the time but in my knees my knees were pretty sore by the end but there's no way to explain it and that's what I keep telling people like it's I'm not telling people to go run 500 miles but right. there's gonna be something in your life that is so monumental that you worked so hard for whether it's your marathon that you ran or making it to regionals or competing in your first CrossFit competition or just getting a new job, whatever it is that you've worked so hard for when that finally, whatever it is that you've done has come into fruition and is there, the thought of it going away is is heartbreaking. That was a really, 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 really surprising feeling. You know, I didn't, I felt like Forrest Gump. I'm like, I want to turn around. I just, she just kept running. <laughs> running and <laughs> totally were. So yeah, I think that I'm excited where where this is going to go. I don't know where it is going to go, but we were so lucky to be on the Denver Morning News. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, the Nine News. Yeah, it was really cool. So we were on that, and I'm, I think Runner's Magazine, is Runner's World, is going gonna, is gonna to put a an article in there and we're just trying to to reach out and get the get the word out and make this more of a known thing because i'm not going to say i'm going to run across colorado every year that sounds insane but there will be a there will be some kind of annual move mountains event for sure what's next for you right now are you going to take some time off what's your well i mean I you've already been back in the gym but yeah i know that's fun though you know i think if you go from doing what i did and then stop moving your body's going to go into shock sure so, i'm taking a week here with my family and then we're going to drive back to northern california where marcus and i live and next month which i'm it couldn't it honestly was an accident that this happened but november is epilepsy awareness month so it's going to be a really busy month for me um educating myself but also educating others and getting getting testimonials out there and trying to be a part of the epilepsy community as much as I can. There's a, uh, in April, I'll be in Denver. There's a big gala for the epilepsy foundation. They've asked me to speak at, so I'm, who knows, maybe I'll start doing some motivational speaking and, and kind of, which terrifies me, but. Oh no, what, that would, you'd be amazing. That would be such <laughs> a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. 
think I think there's um, we have a few connections that might be able to make that a that a possibility, you know. And I think I think uh, I have to wrap my brain around what I want my real mission to be. Do I want it to be strictly about epilepsy, or do I want it to be about adversity, or you know, what what is it that I that I want to want to shoot for? And I right. think that. I think it can be a little bit of both. Exactly. I was just going to say that I think it could be a little bit of both. And I think so much of it has to do too, Jenny, with your personality. I don't know you. We have never met, but I just feel you're an easy person to talk to. You're an easy person to connect to. You can feel your heart just through watching your posts on Instagram and that video. Everyone who's listening can go to her Facebook page. I think it's on, is it on your Instagram too, the video of you crossing the finish line? That in and of itself, that was probably a 20 to 30 second video. But watching that is like, oh my gosh, I need to go out and do something today to like make a difference. Like that's just, that's inspiring. So however it comes across, people are going to receive it differently. What matters is you have such a beautiful heart. And that is, you know, however you choose to spread that will make such a huge difference in the world. And you already are doing that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. For that. That's nice to hear. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing it now. Just so, so inspiring. I do want to ask a quick question of either you have a testimonial that you want to share to kind of wrap up today or if you have a testimonial of like someone else's life that you you ran for that you would like to share oh man oh man I don't want to be selfish and share mine you can go on and and read about mine I think uh, gosh there's so many people to choose from I think you know what I'm going to start with one person who I don't think that he will will care that I've used his name um, and I hope I pronounce his last name right but Jim Schoenberg he is um, he ran with me on the first day and he reached out to me a month before the run started. He had heard about my run through CrossFit Invictus and somewhere else. I forgot. I forgot where else. He reached out to me via Facebook and he said, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. He said, I was diagnosed with epilepsy five years ago. And he said, I've never told anybody except for my wife about it. He said, I've not told a soul. He's got children. He owns a CrossFit gym in, in Albuquerque. He is an amazing dude. He was in ultra runner for a while and he said you know he said I, I really admire you for what you're doing and I said you know what I looked I, I got on there I said Jim I don't know if you'd be willing to come to the start line but you're you're only three hours away Albuquerque's only three hours away from where I'm starting and I would be honored to have you there I said you don't have to be on on anything you know this is just for for you and for me to to be able to meet and chat a little bit I think it could be really healing for you and uh, he was really hesitant. He said, I don't know. He said, I'm going to Jamaica and I'm going to kind of go on a bender with my wife the week before. He said, I'm not going <laughs> to feel running. I said, you know what? You can walk. You can ride in the car. I said, I just want you to come be a part of this. This would, if you're willing, would be awesome. He said, I'll send you a message when I get back from, from Jamaica. So as I was driving, I guess no, it was a couple days before we started driving to Colorado, I sent him a message. I was like, hey, we're, this is when we're meeting. This is what we're doing. I hope you're there. And he sent me a message. He's like, I'm, I'm coming. I'm absolutely going to be there. And so he sent me a message message the night before we met and he before so it was September 18th and he said Jenny said I can't thank you enough for what you've done he said I just sat down with my boys and I I think they're nine and seven I could have those numbers wrong they they could be off but he said he sat down with his boys and he told them about his epilepsy and he said he'd never thought he would ever do that he was um he has he has tonic chronic the kind where you fall and shake so very um very obvious seizures but his children had never seen him have one so he told them about it and he said I apologize in advance he said my kids are young and they might add, he said, they asked him, Daddy, when you get electrocuted, if I touch you, will I get electrocuted too? Just pretty cute, cute story, you know? But yeah. uh, he and his wife and his boys, along with another family from Albuquerque that, that he didn't know, Leah Yates is her name. She also has epilepsy. Um, we met on the border, on the New Mexico-Colorado border, right before, to take these first steps to move mountains. And, and the guy, Jim, as we were running, was telling me that, I mean, he... 
he said that this gave him strength, that Move Mountains gave him the strength to not be afraid anymore. And after that day that we ran, I he ran 14 of the 14 of the 25 miles. The guy's a rock star. He I asked him, I'm like, hey, would you be willing to write a blog that I could share about your story? And he, without hesitation, said, absolutely. The next morning, he sent me like a five page blog. It was it's so long, but I read through it tears just streaming down my face the guy's been through a lot in five years so when he was 33 he was diagnosed so in his adult life he had a huge shift and he was terrified and scared and afraid and this somehow gave him the courage to open up and not be afraid anymore which is why this happened you know I said that day I said if I don't finish this is this was worth it for Jim to be able to have that strength so That blog will be posted um, after I have all of my mind done. So it'll be probably the first post for Epilepsy Awareness Month. And I encourage you to visit visit my, my site, labalife.com, on November 1st and read that because he's a pretty amazing dude. I'll look forward to reading that. Yeah. So that was a really long testimonial, but yeah. there you go. No, that's <laughs> super cool. And I'm sure just from what I've read, that's one story out of many that you have inspired throughout this journey and will continue to inspire. I hope so. Thank, thank you for giving me a way to, to reach a different crowd too. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. We have such a loving community and there's so many people that listen to this show that do CrossFit and don't do CrossFit. So it's just as far as inspiration, it's all universal. It doesn't matter what kind of sport that we're doing and what we're doing it for. But wrapping up and really kind of focusing on your cause right now is, is there anything specific? And I know this is kind of like coming from the place of you didn't really want to share or talk about this when you're younger. You know, what do you want people to know? What's something that you feel like people should know that would help them understand epilepsy? The biggest thing is don't be afraid, whether you have it or you see somebody having a seizure, there's nothing to be afraid of. Just make sure that the person is safe. And if you have epilepsy, the biggest thing that I can say is to talk about it to talk find somebody find find a group of people find an epilepsy support group find someone that you can open up to because you can't just with any anything any adversity you cannot do it alone find somebody you trust or don't trust and teach them because that's a that's a really big thing as well again let's remind everyone where they can find you and where they can donate to this amazing cause you can go to labalife l-a-b-a-w life.com and there should be a donate button on one of the tabs goes all to the epilepsy foundation and our goal i didn't say this our goal is fifty thousand dollars and i'm going to leave it open all the way through epilepsy awareness month i think we're already almost at forty two thousand plus some some cash that we got donations on along the way that i need to submit in so i think we're pretty darn close doesn't hurt to go above and beyond that goal if we can yeah yeah that's the big place and then also jenny labah on uh Facebook and Jen, J-E-N-L-A-B-A-W on Twitter and Instagram. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. This has been such a cool conversation to have with you and I'm I'm inspired. I've been following you and your journey and this has just been such a cool thing to be able to talk to you and get that whole experience of what it was like. Has it, sunk, has it sunk in yet of everything that you just went through? Man, like you go through a little bit of, honestly, there's like a grieving process, right? There was a little bit of depression like the last couple of days. I'm like, man, I'm sad. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I yeah. completely, yes. I would imagine that would be like the letdown of like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think that I'm just really excited to where to see where it goes. We'll stay on the line. I'm going to wrap up here with the podcast and then we can finish off with our conversation. All right, All right you guys, you. thanks so much for listening. And again, visit labalife.com. Check out Jenny's blog. It's pretty amazing. She has such inspiring posts and then you can also donate. Thanks again, guys. Bye.